Welcome to everybody today in the house, online, live. I think I have most of my churches on live. Australia and Iwitapus and anybody else that's hopped on, welcome. This is Sunday. Sunday's the best day of the week. Amen. Father, I pray today in the name of Jesus. I pray, Lord, that your word would feed us, speak to us. We pray, God, as we bring our hearts and worship as we have. Lord, we come together because we wanted to, wanted to be with others who worship and praise you. We ask that you would create something in us that would make us more aware of Christ in us, how that we can live better and bigger for you. Thank you, Lord, for the days we're living in has been made for us. We're alive, and therefore we're relevant. So we ask right now that you bless our time together, the Word, your Spirit, and that we would continue to keep our focus and our mind on Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a great hand, shall we? That's good. Um, Yes, tomorrow you start, don't we? We're doing something that involves in bringing change to our country. It's no small thing. I, you know, I wish I was, and I was growing up with some of you guys, your age in the church, young. Young is 30, 40 is young. And, um, but way back when I was a 20-year-old in church, we had to create our own excitement. The churches weren't kind of into anything but just tambourines and the odd single lady who's having a tough time at home swirling around with ribbons in the front dancing, you know, and that, for a young man like me, I was full of, you know, I wanted adventure, I wanted to do something, but, and in saying that, you know, I mean, I guess we were living in times that were fairly relaxed, um, privilege, no pressure, everybody could, nobody shooting at you, stabbing you, you know, we were all free. I suppose there was nothing for the church to do, I guess. But I think I would have found something to do. I am so glad to be a part of a church that has not stopped the day that we, we stepped out. Um, I, was, I graduated from a denomination. For 13 years I was in there, um, having to grow and to be developed. Uh, it was okay, you know, but the moment I could give me, get my wings and um, told the leadership that I believe that God wants me to bring a church into existence that's relevant. I was probably trying to articulate really what was most in my heart, the call of God to really change people's lives, but I wanted to do something for a nation, change my nation. I didn't know if it needed changing, but probably a lot of people still don't think it needs changing, but you know, here we, here we are. And you did say it, 18 years, it was 18 years ago to today on Tuesday, the day. So I'll, I'll probably open with that, that I was there standing for my country back in 2004. We were forced, well, we weren't forced to. I was pushed. Gee, you know what it's like to be pushed by God's hand? Well, if you haven't, I'm going to ask them if he can push you, right? Because it's annoying. 
you can't you can say no but you can't you know it's like some people do and they live a horrible life after that gosh how do you feel when you turn God down um, but you know there's always a, a place and a chance to pick it up again but we did we stood it was a necessity to do that and um, there's a lot of things and I could talk about there but today I want to say to you so some of us I don't know some of you might have been babies carrying babies or a big old baby I don't, <laughs> I don't know you know there's all sorts of people but we we did something that yeah it's it's when I found out after coming through the comfort of growing up through what a comfort of denomination and then starting um, pioneering the church as, as I did and took one over that had 50 years of existence and doing a remake uh, um, a whole church but you you think about what you do and how how the Christian faith is not not what I thought and probably what a lot of people think it's not a safe it's not a safe life it is not meant to be comfortable it was never meant to be you pay a visit to a converted warehouse and you spend most of the other time in your thinking time with stuff outside of what God and who he is and what he does, you know what I mean? So the biggest task that probably we've had, me, is getting you to be far more invested in God than anything else. And um, it's been a great challenge. I've been 40 years in it and I haven't done much to put a dent in that. Right. If you look at our figures in this country, <clears throat> oh, look, I'm really grateful for what I see, but there are so many people in my country who have given up the faith. Um, my, my country's not a Christian country, really, but I, I, I declare it is. It's had good roots in the Christian faith. Um, I don't know what happened. Uh, probably during the war period, I'd say, um, may have scarred a lot of men and came back emotionally uh, probably damaged, maybe mentally, and there by a generation um, basically was wounded, lost, and I think they had difficulty for the children coming after that, and the strength of that faith <clears throat> was either lost or there was nothing there anymore. That was a big occasion. But... There's been something always burning in the middle of darkness. There's always been a flicker of faith, a flicker of hope. There's always been somebody or some people. And I believe Destiny Church has been a big part of that. We, we are that flickering flame where maybe a lot of others lost a little direction or whatever, but we've come this far. And we've been involved in every strata of society. There is no sphere that's prohibited to our entry. Whether it's politics, whether it's your home, whether business place, a job, <clears throat> there is no boundaries or limitations to where Christ must get to. So I'm gonna talk a bit today, and I, I'm, like, I'm excited about tomorrow, I'm excited about Tuesday, I am, I, it's a different, it's a different day. Um, for me, it'll be different. You will know, but people will come. These other people coming with us, all sorts of people, the nation will be watching and hearing. But for me, I know what I've got to do. 
And it's a little bit different to what you expect. But that's what's going to happen. It will be good. Don't worry. Yeah. And, um, but everybody will come. There'll be a great occasion. And um, I'm just so glad to be alive in this moment. So let's give the Lord a thank you offering for keeping us alive. Right, Isaiah chapter 60. Isaiah chapter 60. <clears throat> we'll go from there. Um, this one you, well, you know well. Can we stand again? Could you stand with me? And, um, can you just give me a, a kind of a, just say like, say something like, I'm ready. I'm ready. Say again, I'm ready. Okay, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do something. If your wife is embarrassed about your husband or your husband, you're too frightened in front of your wife to do something, or if you're by yourself, you've never done this before, I'm going to ask you to participate in this word, this scripture. There's a reason, because this word right now has just come alive. That's for us. It's for you. The number of times it says you is about eight to ten in three, four verses. And, it, and the word you, meaning you, is connected or linked to such lofty statements, right? Huge. Now, I don't want you to just passively look at me and stand there because I got you to stand up. So when you participate, you actually are actively stirring your faith up to grab it. So if you like, never mind your neighbour, just tell your neighbour quickly, look, excuse me, I might, be a, I might just break out. Just tell your neighbour. <laughs> now say to them, say your neighbour, don't be scared. Don't be scared of me. <laughs> All right? The only thing you're not allowed to do is slap them as you put your hand down or something like that, you know. Slap them in the face as you're going to go, hallelujah. Now everybody say this. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. I like that. I like that. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> right. Why? You know what? That's all you've done, and that's the happiest I've seen you for six months. <laughs> While you get, you're getting used to sitting down and looking at me. You know, I'm doing all the work. Okay, you ready? Arise, shine. Arise, shine. No, you know, I'm reading this to you. <laughs> That's good though, that's good. But I am the preacher, you shut up, okay? <laughs> no, I love it. You can say, yes, that's what I went, oh, amen. Or you can just say, that's mine. Tell your neighbour, sorry, I got that before you, it's mine. Arise, shine, for your light has come. Now your light has come. This is, never mind before, you're in the ever-present now, it's now. Your light, something has just come. It's called light. I've got it. Okay, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Say me. Hey, did you hear that? That's what I mean. There's some pretty lofty statements. God just said this morning to you watching as well, glory. Now you've got to understand that substance. Now you might not have felt it because it actually means weight, the weight of God's presence. So I'm not even going to ask you to understand it, just say I got it. That's good enough. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. 
New Zealand has been in some very dark decades. Very dark decades. I didn't say days, decades. We are facing demons from out of the pit itself, from out of the shrine of the Tower of Babel. On Tuesday, every type of dirty, horrible principality and power will turn up to the protest as well. Oh, yeah, I'm telling you right now, some of them will be visible, some will be invisible. But every power, all broadcasting powers, every visual power, in people, in the atmosphere, everything will come because it knows that you are trying to take its place, to remove it, to blow it away, take it away, and we're trying to bring Christ back to this country. Now, this is no ordinary march. When you're driving tomorrow, it's not gonna be, it's gonna be exciting for you, but I'm telling you, right now, you are entering into the devil's den. But I got good news for you. The most powerful satanic prince has nothing on the weakest, humblest, smallest, but faith-filled little Christian. The little Christian with a little bit of seed faith is stronger than the largest, dirty, horrible, satanic power that's been oppressing this country for years. Somebody tell me, amen. And you got there, I'm telling you, look, the darkness shall cover the earth. I want to say something about that in a moment. The deep darkness, the people. So it's not just about darkness as we think about what's happening. It's a deep darkness in the people. Some of the darkest things is not the dark that we have in the hours, the other half of the hours of apart, in the opposite of daylight. Some of the darkest places is deep in the soul of many people in this country. They've got a dark soul and they're waiting for the penetration of light that's going to, well, you know what? I'm telling you right now, somebody's hearing me. If you haven't had a, if your fire's gone out, or if your light's bulb blowing, I'm going to tell you right now, we're going to fit you with a big floodlight. We're going to put something, we're going to start your fire. We're going to light the fire. We're going to fuel it. Look, then the Lord will rise over you. The Lord will rise over you. I mean, I, I can't stop too long to preach this, but the Lord will arise over you. You're something special because He says, you, say me. me. Yeah, you. You, He's saying, He's risen over. In other words, God's presence is watching you because you simply turned up today. You're listening to Him today, wherever you are. Even if you get this later on when it's shared and you watch it, you actually uh, qualify just like that because you tapped in, because you turned up. You thought you were going to turn up, sit down, get a message and go. What you did was, God has said, if they turn up, I'm going to do something special. I'm going to come on them and I'm going to put a special light and that light's going to start something whereby His glory will be seen upon you. So something's going to be seen on you the next following days that's never been seen on you before. Something's going to be seen on us. It's going to be seen not by you, but by somebody else. Now, here's the thing. You'll be there. You'll forget this by the time the sun comes down. That's, that's okay. I've got it in you. You've got it. So you won't even know. It'll be a time when you're not thinking about it. You're talking, walking. Somebody's going to see something in you. That's what matters, doesn't it? They're going to see something in you that when you're not doing it, then we know it's not you coming through. 
It's, it's God coming through. And it's, it's going to come through the pores of your skin. God's not going to have any certain sort of words or a thing that's got to be done in a special place. It's just going to ooze through the pores. It's going to come out, for, out of your face, out of your hands, out of the very presence of you. The presence of you. I had that experience uh, just last uh, week or this week when I was invited to the Auckland Ministers um, meeting, which I've been going to. Don't sit yet. You can get what it feels like for me to stand. Okay? <clears throat> and I went there and they had most of the MPs, you would know, David Seymour, Chloe Swarbrick from the Greens, the guy Woods who called you guys to, if you went to the protest, the River of Filth, Michael Wood from Labour. It had a number of them there. They were all there because they wanted to try and get the vote from Christians that are blind, okay? So, <laughs> now, I must have been a huge problem turning up. I don't know why they would think that, but they well, I wouldn't turn up, I mean, but I did. So I went along with Hannah, myself, and Jenny came. We, the moment I walked in that room, you know how it is that every eye is on you and everything? So what happens next, because you guys have trained me well, I've been, I mean, I've been with you. I've been walking with you guys. You're loud. You're proud. You think you're great. You think you're somebody. You're always laughing. You're happy. And, and you just love anybody, whether it's dirty, horrible, clean, pure. You give it a hug anyway. I mean, I, I mean you guys just don't, you know, you're just so awesome. What a loving family. And so you've trained me well. You've lifted me up to where I just actually believe, man, I'm great. But a greatness that's been honed on sacrifice, suffering. And so it's an even, it's a measured, it is a humility, but there is something of knowing that God has put greatness in your life. My presence is that I'm well aware that God is in my life. And if you think hard enough and you believe it hard enough, he squeezes out of your pores and through your skin. And so they get up and the first speaker says, well, there's a big elephant in the room here. I had passed the Peter Mortlock next to me, so I looked at him. I thought, yeah, there, there is a big elephant in the room. <laughs> My mate looked at me and said, oh, you know, Sydney. But... <laughs> But they were so conscious, they can see their fingers like this when they were trying to, you know, touch the thing. They were nervous. Every politician was shaking and nervous. And not, not, not one, I mean, I mean, most of the others, but I did not get a gaze from any of them. Not one of them. I was there smiling. <laughs> I was smiling. I'm sure politicians looking for votes would want to smile at the potential voter. But... They couldn't look at me. Then Chloe got up. Now, Chloe, now, the minister that was hosting it said, now, everybody be respectful. And I said, I tapped my mate, Peter Mortlock. And, uh, and then, anyway, she said, from the Greens, Chloe, she got straight up there and said, well, the weather's bad, isn't it? And I suppose, with the elephant in the room, I said, oh, GP, then my mate again, that I caused the bad weather. So, you know, just sat there straight. I was just, I was the ultimate statesman. I just sat in my chair and I caused so much havoc by doing nothing and saying nothing. And, 
just your presence. Come on, somebody. So anyway, the Greens and the National Party and the Labour and Māori Party and everybody else shall come to your light. Oops. They shall come to your light. They're going to come to your light. They're going to come to our light. And kings to the brightness of your rising. Ooh. And kings to the brightness of your rising. The brightness of my rising? I want you to know right now, you're on your way up. If you thought that you were on your way down, it's just been reversed. You're on your way up. You're going to go up. Your, your wages are going to go up. Your, your place is going to go up. Your importance is going to go up. You're going to get a, a rise, a promotion. You are on an upward trend and you're going to watch your enemies go downwards. They're going to go past you on their way down and you're on your way up. Somebody say, I'm on my way up. I'm on my way up. Tell your neighbour, you're on your way up. All right, lift up your eyes all around and see. Let's see. They all gathered together to come to. They're all gathering together. I don't care what the gathering is, party. It'd be a wedding, a tangi, a meeting, a hui, a concert, or whatever you like. In the club, pub, all the church, every gathering that gets together, you just say, you're coming to me. Everything that gets together, you're coming to me. Look, I'm just reading the Bible. Don't look at me and say, is this right? They gathered together to come to, point your neighbour and say, you. Say they're coming to you. Your son shall come from afar and your daughter shall be nursed at your side. Can we give me the next one? I want to read that one too. That's beautiful. And you shall see and become radiant. You shall see and become radiant. You became radiant in the last 10 minutes than what you were when you came in. I am now seeing a glory glow in this building. Come on, your face is shining. There's something coming out. Some of you haven't, haven't smiled yet, but you're radiant. And I'll explain why you're getting radiant even though you're doing nothing. You're getting something from somebody else around you. It pays to be with the right crowd. Amen, look at this. It says, and you become radiant and your heart shall swell with joy. I love this. My heart will swell with joy because of the abundance. Some of you are going to like this last one. The abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. Now I know some of it, Dave, you've been catching Gurnard and some of these fellas, Caleb tries to get out there when he gets time, when he's not arrested, is, uh, <laughs> to get some fish. But I'm telling you, he's, there's meaning more than just fish and, and great to have that. It's talking about the treasures. It's talking about the ability for people to travel and come. You know what they're saying? A million people wanted to leave. I'm telling you right now, there'll be people who want to come and see us. They're going to come from overseas after you see them. They want to come here to see this. I understand I've got the two biggest um, broadcasting or uh, social media giants of the Australian protest to come over and see you. I also know that there's a global um, a media outlet that wants to come and see you. There's other things and other people and other, I don't know, but they'll come. And then guess what? After it too, they'll be wanting to come and see. Do you know who and what God is doing with you? The abundance of the sea shall be turned to you. The wealth. Uh, the wealth 
of the Gentiles shall come to, and the whole thing of my verse reading ends up on you. Yeah. Oh, well, there's a couple of happy ones there. I'll take that last line then. That's mine. Oh, yes, sir. But I get in trouble because they think that I'm taking it off you. The wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you. So the more you have, the more you can give. I have never given so much money away in my life, and I've never got so much money back. And even when I did, it didn't matter. Giving it away is far better than receiving it. But the wealth of the Gentiles shall come to you some way about all of our worrying and working and, you know, toughing it out, trying to find a way to get money into your pocket. Don't go to crime. That's, that's the lowest way to go and try and get wealth. It says there, the wealth of the Gentiles. It means all of those out there that don't regard God and haven't, haven't given to God, God has been amassing their bill. You can't, I mean, just because you don't believe doesn't mean to say you can breathe God's air for free and you participate in God's sunshine that he brings on the good and the evil. No, God's got accountants up there, angels, who've got a long list of um, what they owe. They haven't paid, first of all, they haven't paid God his 10%. That's God's tax for using fresh air to breathe. Angels that looked after you when you could have taken your life out early. And that's not even to mention being thoroughly blessed. Oh, the bliss of being blessed. And you don't even know it. I mean, so many blessings that God has given you. Stop crying about what you think you've lost and, what's, and look at what he's given you. And, and then he says, okay, now when I go to collect all this bounty, he's got to have to bring it back to you. I try to see, was it, is it a church on the end there? No. Is it um, a, a charity? No. Is it the poor? No. Is it the starving? No. I, I mean, he should, shouldn't he? No, no. God said, I think it's Y-O-U. <laughs> it is. It's going to come to you. It's about time you started accepting what God wants to give to you and stop trying to be having some false little humbleness to say, oh, well, you know, I'll give it to somebody else. No, no, why? People say, I don't want to give you this. You know, and they say, oh, good, I'll spend on it. No, 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 I'm just giving it to you. You receive it. Don't tell me you're going to give the kids some shoes because that means that you don't feel like you should take this money and have it in case you feel like you're greedy or needy. Just say thank you because you're going to pass it on anyway. You don't have to prove anything to me or anybody else. But if he give it to you, you give it. Isn't that a beautiful thing? Take your seat. Away we go. Let's go for another 10 to 15 minutes. Somebody just give me another clap. Amen. All right. The power of your presence. The power of your presence. A presence that has light. I want to tell you it's from uh, Matthew chapter 17, verse 1. I'll just hop there. Don't have to read it. It's about what we call the transfiguration. It was a moment in time that an ordinary looking man to everybody else called Jesus, very ordinary looking. There was nothing about him in everyday life mixing with people would make him stand out except that when he started to talk or do things, there was something about him. Come on. 
you know what, you can, you can live a life looking ordinary, but you know you've got something extraordinary, and, and you can actually begin to move people where they can identify that somebody ordinary, somebody amongst us, somebody that walks and lives with us, has got something more than what we have got. And it doesn't seem like that I'm having to go to church. I'm not forced to receive him. Did you know that most of Jesus' um, healings and miracles came without any type of uh, condition? He didn't just say, well, Lazarus, if I'm going to go and do Lazarus and uh, Mary, Martha's two sisters, he's dead, um, Rabbi. Can you please come and heal? Yeah, I'll come and raise him, but you need to come to church. Well, we need to have a prayer meeting. We need to honor God. He didn't say that. He just actually said, the only thing about it, he said, God is going to be, His glory is going to be seen. And, and he turned it back to him. Did you know that? He said, because then all you guys are going to see who I am. Well, that's pretty good. So then that you, what? You guys can believe who I am. The problem is, it's not the person that's believing. It's all the other ones around him that doesn't believe. And that's where I'm sort of going to end, is that part. It does, it does matter what we all believe together because of the power of that strength in, um, in numbers. Right, so he comes. So he then takes the closest away to him, the three, uh, Peter, James, and John. He goes up to a, a mountain. He goes high. He says, now I'm going to show you something. He allows himself to be literally transfigured. He, there's an alteration in his physical presence. And what he does is he reveals what's really inside of him that's just covered over by the human. So you get Jesus here beginning to allow people to see where it really is right inside, what's deep in him. He's, he's making God human. He's making God human. He's making God human. So then humans can accept blessings from God through humans. That now where once it was just vertical, he's now horizontal in it. So that people understand that Jesus was making God human. Oh, I love this. Because God had never been human before until his virgin birth. He was God, but he'd never experienced. Can you imagine what he created? God creates these humans that were initially perfect. So he had this beautiful relationship. And the biggest thing he did was, this is the biggest, the riskiest, the most probably uh, most threatening thing to God was to make something like him, but give it the power to not totally be uh, controlled by him. This is, be this is beautiful. Because anything less would be not love. You choose to love me. Hannah loves me, I love her. She doesn't have to. You don't have to love God or love your wife or love your children. It's a choice. You know when you're forced to love, it's not good. You've got to try and love somebody or love this thing. It's, that's not it. You, you're told to love everybody but you don't have to live with everybody. So I love everybody. That means I don't hate people. 
I don't even hate my worst hater. You know, I, I'm, honestly, I don't. don't have hate to people. I can't hate you now because there's too much God in me now to tell me that that's in the image of God. It's just a ruin, majestic ruin there. You know, it's, it just needs now something to come from the horizontal, not the vertical. Because God no longer is working from the vertical down and around. He is working in and through. You're with me now. You understand this? So now I realize I'm walking with God and I'm humanizing the God so he, he is touchable. He is understandable. Jesus was a human carrying God in him. But God knew that one day what he created and, and had separate from him and gave it the power to choose. So this is that beautiful. And now we're seeing how the devil wants to control through people. People want to do the same thing, but it's perverted. They control you. So they control people, not realizing that you're supposed to love people and set them free. Then it'll always come back to you better than what you thought you'd ever get it by controlling or abusing it. You understand what I'm saying? So the beautiful thing about this, God makes Adam and you and I free moral agents. There's the basic, this is what we're fighting today and around the globe is the freedom, the freedom that God gave to let you make decisions apart from him. Even Jesus and his human, humanity facing the death and the excruciating possibility of being torn apart by nails and thorns and whips said, if this cup passes from me, so he's putting out an option to God, can I get out of this? That's human. But he dug deep. He said, not my will. So he's making a choice now. So the father is there, even though the father's in him, they're out there. The father in function everywhere was with the son. And then they, that decision made through a human brain through human will, through a, through a human heart, the limitations of the body of the human God, Jesus. That's good. So every whiplash he felt as God being a human, every excruciating thorn that was smacked into his head, he felt the pain of it as you and I would as a human, but a God in him feeling that. God had to get there and see how you felt when somebody put you down. Felt when you were betrayed. Felt when your father punched you in the face as a kid. Felt when your mother left you. How you felt when you attempted to lie. How you were felt when you were lonely. How you felt when you were depressed. How you felt when you wanted to take your own life. God wanted to get into what he created that lost its way. I need to know how you feel. Talk about a feeling God, an intimate God. To live with us? It's so easy to have a God that's apart from us and never could sense or feel or understand how we are tempted and to know that temptation through the human mind and the, and the soul and those, those faculties and characteristics, you know? He would have had desires to for a woman. He would have had desires to try and shift stuff. He'd have had desires to lie. He had desires to run away. He had desires to give up. He had all of those temptations, desires you ladies have and you men have. 
He was nothing about him that would give him an advantage that it was impossible for him to sin. He could sin. God gave the risk of himself to be born through a human that he could slip. And that's why the Bible said he didn't. He held up and that was a way for us to have the hope that he can, he did it, we can do it too. He did it for us, but he more in the sense could walk that with you. You want to live, but you don't want to live limping. A lot of people can, you know, explain away their pain and hide their pain. You know, I, um, I just feel I can't, you know, I, I, I get here and I get expired today, but by Thursday or Wednesday, I'm back in and I want to go back and I don't read much. And you know, I just need, see, that's why I, I want to talk to you a minute about that. Because the ups and downs of trying to, you know, get advance, but it seems like three steps forward and about eight backwards. But that is not something that you should allow yourself to be judged on and taken away. It is okay when you're floundering, but you need to know this. He's already made a way, he's walked it. The good thing about this is he even said, when I come back and I've done it, I got murdered, I, I broke the power of that sin over your mind and your body and your soul. I resurrected myself so I could be now a spirit so I don't have a body in my way anymore. I'm now free from the limitations of that one human body called Jesus, the Christ, the life-giving spirit. You know this. So now I can be in every human, billions all at once. See, that's the beautiful, wonderful sense of the eternal, immortal, indestructible, invisible, transcendent, all-knowing, omniscient spirit of God. And it's there for you in its fullness as much as it is for these people on the front row. There is no difference for me and you. You have access to as much God essence, the essence of God that I do. Isn't this wonderful? Take time to think about this. Think about that. Think about that. But my thinking gets in the way. Because thinking is not really your spirit. Your spirit's deep down in your belly. And that's where the rivers of water will come. Living water will flow. So sometimes our thinking, you've got to try and learn how to pause them in this techno technological age and the, you know, what do we have? Phones and we have all sorts of social media contact, interaction, TikToking and telegraphing and all this sort of stuff. But that there begins to suck away the ability of your inner man who's screaming out, I just want to grow a little bit more. Give me a little bit more food. Give me a little bit more strength. I'm going to talk about that moment. So that I can be good enough, big enough to balance this world with that world. I'm living in it, but I'm not of it. I'm in it, but I get my strength from somewhere else. This is beautiful, isn't it? And so he, he goes on to come back. He comes back to this to say that darkness and light... And so I want to talk about because uh, this whole part of him showing what was inside him, he really was just a being of light. He was just a being of light. When he, when he said, here, I'm going to let you know what's inside of me. You see this and then just, woof, his face was just like the sun. That's a description. But I know it was brighter than the sun. So his clothing and everything about him was affected by the the intensity 
of what he believed about him. Right? Because he believed he was the Messiah. He believed he was God. He believed that what he had in him was far more powerful. He believed that he had contact with the great world, the first world, the dimension of the spirit. He had contact with that. He had everything at his fingertips. Legions of angels, the power of God himself. But somehow it was kind of like up there, but it was in here. It was in here, but up there. You know what I mean? So yeah, God the Father, they say, but Jesus is by his throne. Yes, he is. He's there, but he's here. See what I mean? And it's a beautiful thing to know that what he showed was inside there. The only description was pure, sheer light. Nothing else. Light. Say light. Light is not the first substance in the world. Actually, darkness is. In Genesis chapter 1, you'll be familiar with the, um, the creation of the world. Darkness is the natural substance of the universe. Light is not the natural substance. What you see here in the beginning was everything was dark. Get this now. So when you're sitting in here, you appreciate that any dark room needs something to disrupt it, to, to, to break it up and to disperse it. Because we know this, that darkness cannot comprehend light. That's the, I'm preaching a little word, the word of God to you, really. So, so understand this. Everything natural will go to darkness if there's no light in it. So for a room to light up, you've got to flick a switch. That switch, what, all that switch does is allow what we call power. Current. Then it's got to have voltage and ampage so that it able, it's able to go through there and then it goes up to what we call the bulbs. This is the same. None of this would work without the light or that light cannot work without power. Man knows that naturally. He harnesses it from damming rivers up and he, he will get it from the wind or, or from some, anything like that, from generators. So it gets to a point where it actually it, um, creates electricity. Yeah. So electricity is the power in the natural world. But it's only reflecting or it's the obvious um, sort of the opposite, if you like, of what's in the spirit world, which is the power of the Holy Spirit of God. So spiritual power and electricity power. You get it? Because you can't have light in your car, anywhere, unless it has power. So in the beginning, when God started to create, everything was dark and in chaos, darkness. So the first thing he introduces to the world itself to bring about life, that's why the light of life, in John chapter one, it says, and he is the light of life. Light is actually the essence of life. We just don't understand it because I could be talking about natural light or spiritual light, it's different. But the natural light is only a very poor reflection uh, of understanding spiritual light. That's where I want to take you, okay? So when you, when you have him say in the beginning those powerful words, let there be light, and immediately light came and dispersed and broke up the darkness, and then everything from there could follow. It follows the light. Everything would exist in light. 
everything is seen clear in light. Are you understanding me? Right. We'll have a, this is a soft time of listening now. We'll come back to some clapping soon. Right. So he is saying, let there be light. Came into darkness. So darkness was first, not light. So every time you see that or understand that there is darkness in the souls of men, that's why people are in trouble. That's why they cannot see. And my big frustration for a lot of the people, they can't see what's going wrong with our government. They can't see what's happening around in their world. Did you know that very intelligent people can be actually quite blind? And you can have an unintelligent, well, I don't think there's any unintelligent person, just the person that doesn't probably exercise their brilliant brain too much, but they can even see things that somebody who you thought should be seeing can't. But the Bible says Satan, and this is where he calls him a god. The god of this world has blinded the minds. There you go. It's not actually eyesight. It's blindsight. It's mindsight. It's blinded minds. And it comes about because they cannot access what they need to switch on all the lights in their own life. They have to actually plug into a power source that can actually, this is good, that can light their world up with all the stars that you could ever think of so they become bright and radiant. That's what he's saying in Isaiah 60. But Matthew, Jesus repeats the same thing in Matthew 5. He says, you are the light of the cosmos. The actual cosmos of the world, when you see at night, Auckland City shining bright, I actually see that inside my spirit as the big shining bright lights is in, in here is far brighter than those lights. You think when darkness, you think about when God wanted to light up a solar system called our solar system, and it comprises of a number of planets, right out to the big Jupiter-Pluto, come right into the closest one like Mars and Saturn, all this sort of stuff, and Mercury, which is very, what he created an actual planet that would effectively and eternally be on fire all the time. So when he said, let there be light, God was thinking simultaneously at the time he was speaking. You can't speak without thinking what you're speaking. In fact, your thinking or the thought of it would probably come before the speaking of it. Sometimes you can speak and still not have the thought of what you spoke, but you still spoke the encapsulation of what we call words that are inspired or inflated with light. Psalm 119 verse 130 says, With the entrance of thy word cometh light. So it's talking about now getting that type of light we're talking about that's stronger than the light of the sun. Comes into your soul, you can't see it, but it lights up when it gets in there. That's why when you got born again, you went, whoa, my whole world's changed. My life's changed, because now I have the light of life. You know, when, he, when he's talking about saying that he created the sun, I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, the whole solar system, the universe, is black. I mean, humans and the, the astrologers will never find 
the actual beginning and the end of the universe. They think they do. They have this big thing, and you see little news reports come out. They've, you know, uh, found another star just over past Pluto. You know, and there's billions of things, but it's so endless that God has this space, but it's black. And to light up our solar system, He creates something that's going to be called the sun. Now, if you've, I'm no astrologer, I just, I'm just telling you, you, can, you know right now you step outside, everything's visible to you because of the sun that God created when he said, let there be light. Now, he's not saying it every day. Okay, so, all right, let me put you in, in context and understand. He says, let there be light, and then, this gaseous <laughs> ball with fire, and you get—I think the, they get their telescopes. The closest they can get into the thing is just—it's just a—it's like a raging, burning, hot fire, hotter than anything you can ever imagine. It's just flames of fire, but fire needs fuel, and and it, and so to create that energy, you know, you're sitting there thinking, see, because. You, me and you just walked, you just drove through daytime. I mean, we don't even really appreciate that light. That's what gets, keeps the grass growing. Everything depends on light, don't worry. Right? And so you think of that, that sun with the, the flames of fire and the heat that must be regulated because if it gets too hot, bye-bye Mercury, that's the little smallest planet, it'll just burn. We're about three in, I think. Sorry if I got that wrong, it could be four, but I think it's three. Then it's earth. So earth has been positioned just right. So the heat doesn't scorch us. Don't worry about climate change. God's got that in hand. He knows what he's doing. I think the weather patterns is more about the sin on the earth. Give a clap for that, come on. Yeah, so Miss Chloe, you were right, Miss Swarbrick. You announcing that you are gay and that you're a lesbian and that's because, and the elephant in the room was, was Peter, but me, I'm a lion. And so, <laughs> as you're saying, he, he said, he reckons, he's, they take it out of context. You see how they take it out of context? It's that word, that word was so butchered by the media to make it sound like, he blames the gays, you know. No, it's, it's blaming all the stuff in that one chapter. You read it, what it does, it has an effect on nature, environment. The best way to clean up, um, I believe, climate change in this world is to start right there. So we don't have to get tons and tons of vaccine uh, tubes in, that, in the States because there's a great big um, pride week. So that's monkeypox is a big threat. It was only a matter of time until I'd be proven right about this and it's everywhere now and everybody's silent except for the LGBT community because and those that are in that lifestyle, that monkeypox is because of the spread of STDs, spiritually transmitted, sorry, sexually transmitted diseases. Yeah. And so that's just AIDS and drag, monkeypox. Yeah. <laughs> so we should be isolating them all now, quarantining the whole lot of them. No, they're going hell for leather, Michael Woods, he says he's a Christian in that little meeting, he says, I've got a little scripture on my room, so what? You can have the whole Bible plus. He's the one that stood out one day and said, you river of filth, if you're a part of the protest thing. But the river of filth is coming into our education system. Yeah. 
And now you have certain people going there teaching the kids about perversion. That's what it is, perversion. It's happened. I'm just sitting back thinking, oh, well, New Zealanders, you didn't want to listen back there 18 years ago when we stood. And I said to you, I wasn't trying to stop them having their, their filthy fun. I don't care about what they do now, and I still don't. But I do care about innocent people and schools and kids. And now they've finally got to where I was saying way back there, they're opening the door to get into all, every type of um, the family, the kids, the education, the health sector. They're everywhere now. They're pouring in. I say, awesome. Yes. Now we've got something to do. Hopefully, not only you're going to fight it and stand up to it, but the rest of the people who've been asleep at the wheel need to wake up that they are stealing our kids away now, stealing children. And so now, I mean, I've got teachers telling me, come in, one sat down the other day and right in front of me said, you've got to listen to this, Brian. He said, tell me. I knew, but away it went and told him what this young girl walked out. A young girl is not a Christian. She walked out of the class because she couldn't take it anymore. And what they were saying about stimulating sex and how different ways they can, you know, have sex outside of the normal way. I mean, animals are blushing. In fact, animals are far more pure than humans. They feel so good about themselves, they don't wear clothes. Anyway, don't think about it. <laughs> humans have to cover up because we are the ones that are ashamed. Animals are still naked. They're okay about it. They're out there. Okay, they're animals. Sure, they've got some funny ways, but humans are far dirtier than animals. Oh, I... Gee, I never wanted to go this way. I just... You're the light of the world. Okay. <laughs> it's like, you know, you... But I'm saying this something to you because here, here's what I want to come and I'll finish up here. This is what God is setting us up for. Yes, have fun. Put the flags out, by the way. The New Zealand flags, drive down if you can. If you've got to fly down, doesn't matter. Get there because this is a defining moment in the history of our nation. It really is. Do not judge by just what you see or hear around you. It is a moment in our country's history. Now, when you get there, there's something deeper about what's said, what's done, and the, the day we have. And I know a lot of you, it's, a, it's fun protesting, but we have an element in it where everything's waiting for that. They're waiting to see what I just read to you. There is a radiance about us. There is a light in you that they so badly and desperately need to turn out or distinguish the darkness that's in their soul. The minds that are blinded. It can't be undone by a lot of the talk I would do or anybody else would do. It can't be talk, talked out by the, most, the best expert. It doesn't. You know what diffuses it? Is this what we're talking about now? Arise, shine, for your light has come. Now you will be radiant and they will see your light and come to it. It's, it's taken away what's blinding them and darkening their soul. They suddenly get a moment of that light that comes in. That, now, when you think about that, deep inside the light, I just love this. So the sun is something that keeps burning and burning and burning. It's been going for thousands of years and maybe millions. It's been going and burning. One word from God, let there be light. And that sun hasn't run out of fuel. 
They say we're running out of gas, or running out of stuff, or running out of this, we're running out of that. Well, look at the sun. That, that, that would burn. I don't know what it would take. It would take more than all the forests and the wood on this earth and a whole lot more in many millions of years. You couldn't even grow fast enough to keep that sort of heat up on that sun to create this sort of light. You getting me? <laughs> and yet, in Revelations chapter 22, I think it's verse 4, is a verse that comes here and it basically says something that I'll shock you with because what you're, you're sitting there now and you're thinking, you're going to go out to that sun, that sun's not brighter than what you've got in you. It isn't. It doesn't compare to the brightness of what you have. It does not compare to the amount of warmth you could radiate across the room to a broken heart, to a sad mind, to a sad person. Did you know your presence makes demons surface not to annoy and to say that I am something so that you can help them be relieved from them? We're getting close to that time now. I don't enjoy sitting in a room seeing people's demons fly everywhere because I walk in the room. I want to be able to finish the sentence or the action or the moment off by saying, you know what, you can get rid of that. Or I can just get that out of you. I can take that away from you. I can relieve your pain. I can answer your problems. I'm a solution. That's all of us. And I, I know that, that, that Revelation 22 says that there is, at the end of it all, there is no need, no night. Can you imagine a, a, a light that obliterates darkness forever? I mean, the sun has to be blotted out by the earth and the action of, of the various, you know, cycles of it. That's why you don't. It's still daylight, but somewhere else around the globe, yeah? See that? So it keeps going. The darkness is there because of that circulation that's just the times and the seasons, and that's, that's what it is. But the sun is not adequate to be able to compare in any way with the warmth, the heat, the power, the energy, and the light of what comes off God. After all, he is the light. So it says here, they, they don't need a lamp, a light of the sun. You don't need anything like that. God gives them the light, and they shall reign forever and ever. You see, the children of light... That's the identifiable factor. It is glory. It is in the face of God. It is living in that place where you are seeing the image of him. So be the master of your own image, meaning that you create the image after the image of the firstborn son. He was ordinary looking, but he had something very extraordinary inside of him. That's where there is no discrimination. No separation and no, you know, type of blasphemic type of, you know, attitude toward it. You look ordinary as you are and who you are. So you have a state of being that you are responsible to get into top condition, just like David did. David was good looking. The Bible says that two or three times, not, on, not just to say something about his cosmetics or his physical look. He was, he was ruddy and good looking. It was repeated with Goliath. Goliath got jealous, and so did the brothers. They're jealous when God makes you look good. So when you start shining, that's when you start getting blessed. The more you shine, you see, you can't shine if you've got an attitude of grudge. 
of unforgiveness. That's why Jesus says, you know, you've got to get rid of that because then if you do that, you're shutting the blinds on the light. But if you're pure in your heart, you don't have to try and be a light. You are the light. So your heart is pure. You love. You're not, um, you're not silly about it. You're discerning. But light comes off you and your presence now moves up grades. So once you could have, couldn't even convince yourself that you were something of a presence to look at or to be in, right? Then you graduate that. Because there's something where people notice that when they're with you, that they know there's something about you. That's, that's good because there's less words and there's more work. In other words, you don't have to try and tell people, and people do this, that's what they call banging me on the head with the Bible. As a young Christian that is innocent, but there's nothing about their life that they see or want or hear that they really want to have, you know? So, I'm sorry about that. Because they're not, the light is not shining yet. So we have Jesus came, he had something that you could feel and see. Isn't that good? Then when you start speaking, that's another level. So this, your lights and the words, because that's what you are. When we, go to, when we go to Wellington, let's try it. Right across, everybody watching before we go. <clears throat> There's a scripture that says, if one can put one person that's lit up, that's in touch with God, can put a thousand to flight. That's the enemy, or a thousand people, that's the, the strength of voltage. You got me? <clears throat> Some people got no voltage. And the amperage, the amperage is wrong inside. We've talked about that. But the voltage is dependent on the amperage. The amperage is your everyday thinking outside of church, meetings, man up and legacy, and those other hours and minutes. What is on your mind? What is your real heart? Do you, do you acknowledge God? Do you do stupidity or you say stuff or you're not involved with things? I'm sitting at home rather than being with these guys. I'm not building. I'm just you know, bludging. Good, that's the amperage. So you've got to change your amperage, turn it up to the right gauging and get it so it can carry the right voltage. So change the fuse. Pull that one out that's blowing. Put another one in. It says, right, if I'm going to run higher voltage, do you like this Brett? I'm doing right. Where is he? Brett's a power boy. He's the power man. Who's the electricians in this room? Am I doing okay? There he is. <laughs> so... To have the current of power, voltage, you've got to have the, the support or the capacity to be able to take that grade of punch. So you can't pray, Lord, fill me with a guy and do a miracle today. And you know you haven't tithed for a few months and you, you've been criticizing Pastor uh, Today, uh, Pastor, who was it? No, Elder Today, a little bit of Mark because you're jealous. You know, it's like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you haven't turned up to the march. You're not going to the march tomorrow because you can't make it because, you know, because you're not thinking. That's low. That's amperage is wrong. Everything that he's doing, if you want to know what's amperage, just watch what I'm doing. Keep up with me. I've got six meetings after the meeting in Wellington, plus a few things like just doing the Apostles' Academy and speaking every Sunday. So I've virtually got one thing's a different message after the other, but to me, I can't do it in my brain. Shut the mind down. Stinking thinking will come. You don't want that. You want that to follow this. So I change my amperage and I say, of course I can. And what do I say to do that? Because God wants me to do it. 
people are hungry and need it. And I obviously have got something to say from God. So nobody else is in my, um, you know, my closet. Thank you. This is my business and God's. But I'm letting you in just a little bit today because I'm coming out. <laughs> I want the church to know. Okay, so <laughs> that's naughty, right? No wonder they get upset. Okay, so what I'm doing is um, I am saying, no, I'm usable. The moment you sit down or say I can't or, you know, I, I, I was thinking today, gee, I'm tired. And I could go and say that to Hannah to get a little bit of sympathy, hoping she'd pat the lion, you know, or go to you and say, I'm all working hard. Here's, my, here's what I'm going to do. I wouldn't, I don't normally tell you, you don't know what I've been doing. And, you know, because I'm looking because, no, that's terrible. Once I do that, my light's dimmed. Because uh, I'm looking for human comfort. <clears throat> Elijah got depressed. He went away and sat down and said, no, you know, I'm one that's getting chased, nobody else is. And he even said, nobody else out there is, the rest of the church is useless. And God said, excuse me, there's still got 6,000 people who are as strong as you. That's what God said. So get up. Get off the ground. That's what he did. Here, look, I've cooked you bacon, eggs, lamb's livers, and toast, and bread, and rotten corn for dessert, so, and cream and sugar. So get up, Elijah. And he kicked him up, his man. He said, you be the man that you are publicly. But he let us in because he did go down, but he, God wouldn't let him stay there. That's not the luxury that you can afford to give yourself if you want to blaze like the noonday sun. Your kids will be happy. Your grandchildren will be happy. You don't even have to be with them. They just know. And then people around you need it. So that's synergizing. One can put a thousand, but guess what? When two of us get together who have that same spirit, 10,000 are on the run. There is, I think it's the power index. The power index is that anything in itself that is able to have the power to multiply itself exponentially. Did you get that? In other words, I'm here. I was that yesterday. I was given out 100 volts. Today, it's 1,000 volts. Tomorrow, I'm expecting 10,000 volts. That's what you call exponential power. And if you, but if I, that's good for me. But if I find Cain and Kaiui and Mark and today, and then I, and I go like this, and, I, and I, I get these guys, and we get together, and we stand together, and we do the same thing, aiming at the same thing, saying the same thing, boom! It's bigger than any one of us by ourselves, but that goes from one, a thousand, and it goes to uh, two, to 10,000. See the 10,000, the, the, the power index is from a thousand to 10,000. Jesus says you're either operating in 30-fold, 60-fold, and then he jumps exponentially at the end to 100-fold. So it was 30 to 30, 30 to 60, then it was 40 to 100. Then I said, give me some math sort. Okay, he says, 2 plus 5 equals 5,000. I'm kind of like, what, what's that? 2 plus 5 equals 5,000. Two fish, five loaves of bread equals 5,000 people fed. And if you really want my maths, and then what's left over, I don't know what that is in your division, dividing, is 12. Give that to the top mathematicians. They would never have got it. They said it's impossible. That's not right. Two, two plus five you know, equals 5,000. Never happens. But Jesus says, I'm God, and give me those two little fish. Give me those five little wee fried bread. And he blessed them, and he got 5,000 
people fed. Do you understand what I'm saying? Alrighty. So do you get that? I promise you, when we are together, you make sure you're up front. Make sure you got your flag. It's blue. It's got stars on it and it's got red on it, right? That's the colour flags I want to see. And, it's, and then get up there with your family. Don't hang back. When you've got light, let your light so shine that people will see it. Be seen. Let's shine our light. Let's stand to our feet right now. Thank you so very much. I'm going to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I want you to put your hand. I am full of light, the light of God. I have just activated something in my spirit, Lord. Today I have received the revelation of that word. With the entrance of it coming into my mind, my heart, and into my spirit, Lord, right now I know that there is light. I want to be a light shiner. I'm not going to worry about it, but I've received it. And when we walk, but when we synergize as thousands and thousands on Tuesday, there's going to be such a bright light that the broadcasting cameras will pick up all sorts of little ghosts. There'll be all sorts of squeals and things will happen, little images. I pray for healing of people's bodies. I pray for healing of people's minds. I pray for supernatural signs, wonders and miracles to break out following some of us. We don't know, but I know this, that God can do anything. And anything is possible to him who believes. I believe. Say, I believe. I believe. Once more. I believe. And again. I believe. Amen. Well, God bless you. And if you weren't going to come, <laughs> sorry, I was going to be a real constant pain to you, but I think you should actually take Tuesday off if you can. And Monday, if you want to fly down, you've got to be there because you can say after 18 years, we did enough is enough. And this is right on the day, the Tuesday. So we can say the second time, you say, once you bid us, but the second time, the dog ain't biting me. All right? So you've got to be there because we're going to make future. We're going to do with history. We're going to make future. All right? Thank you so very much. God bless you all. And have the happiest day. Have the happiest evening. And see you down there.